Thanks for joining us for Couples, Inc., a place where we help couples work better together. The first and third Wednesday of each month, we'll drop episodes with advice, tips, and real-world experience for partnering in business and life. I'm Jody, a business owner and communication strategist who finds dryer sheets in the cuff of my pants too often for it not to feel like a personal attack by Big Fabric Softener. And I'm Glenn, Jody's partner in life and business who has the uncanny ability to guess the killer within the first two minutes of every mystery show or movie we watch. Every time. And with this podcast, we want to help you find ways to strengthen your working relationship and bring couple power to your customers. On today's show, we're going to talk about establishing roles in your business and then learn about conflict resolution from a relationship expert. Then for fun, at the end of the episode, we stop by the Couples Inc. water cooler. So without further ado, let's get started with episode two of Couples Inc. Today, uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about establishing roles, and it's extremely important, even if you're a small business like Glenn and I are just two of us, we still have roles and identities we take on within the company. Mm-hmm. It's, it's extremely helpful, and I just keep thinking about when you don't know your role or when it's sort of chaotic, it reminds me when we went to see your niece at a basketball game when yeah. she was, what, maybe 10? 10. That's about right, yeah. And none of them had, I mean, there was no forward, there was no center, there was just a bunch of pe- five girls and wherever the well, ball 10 went, when you count the other ten. If you count the other team, they, they so. did. They did play another team. Yeah. They were good enough to play another team, who also did the exact same thing. They all, wherever the ball was, went to it, even if it was their own teammate. They yeah. would be like surrounding that person. All ten of them. All ten of them, and it was just became a, like almost really a game <laughs> of keep away. And because your niece was the tallest, inevitably someone would they do keep away for a while, get over, hit the backboard. She'd get it because she was the tallest. And then the whole thing would start again. But the point is, and this happens with every sport, you find a kid's soccer team or anything like that. If they don't have roles yet, it just, everyone's doing the same thing. Or no one knows what they're supposed to do. And you miss a lot of opportunities. Yeah. As a couple working together, Mm -hmm. we have identified roles and it has helped us work well together because we each have different expectations mm-hmm. and we own something different. So it's it helps us with our job satisfaction. Mm-hmm. It also makes sure nothing falls through the through the cracks. I think it's very complimentary too because you have a gift for organization. You really like that. You really do it well. Thank I you. don't. I really hate that and I really do it poorly. But you you are very good at writing uh, whether it's short, snippy um, things, or snappy, I guess, not snippy. Snippy would be negative. Snappy things for, say, a Facebook ad or long format. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I started out as a copywriter, but I don't find as much joy in it as I once did. Mm-hmm. And I don't have the time. I, I've gotten very wired to liking the strategic side of things or the more immediate side of like pitching a news story. or So I want some immediate wins and I want some strategy. So I think what's worked for us and I think what might work for you if you have a you know, business and you have the luxury of designing your role, you know, put aside tasks. That's something that no one is love sending out invoices or going to the UPS store or, you know, maybe they do love it. I don't know. But that's not what I'm talking about. We're talking about creating sort of a Venn diagram 
where you find these, where these three areas intersect and you find that sweet spot, that's where you can help identify your role. One, talent. What do you do best? Mm -hmm. What are you good at? What comes easily to you? What are your strengths or skill sets? Mm -hmm. Then what do you take joy in? What motivates you? What do you find yourself? Time goes by like so quick when you're working on something. You're like, oh, two hours have passed because I love it. And then what do you have the time for? So for instance, like you were talking about strategy or or, um, organization, I have a skill and a talent for being organized and being able to do that. I take joy in helping clients working on marketing and their strategy. And I have the time because we've delegated different roles where Mm. you're working on something else like, say, content development. Yes, or content development. Or content. I, like I do sometimes. like to call you the director of content yes, you development. Do. So I think that's where if you find those talent, time, uh, time, and take joy in, you find those three things, that's where you should try to focus your roles. And then you might have things that overlap. Right. And I was reading the other day on the Harvard Business Review, their website. Uh, there were three basic models for working couples. And this is primarily they their intent was to write it for couples who don't work together. But I thought you can apply some of this in couples that do work together. Okay. The, the first one, the first model was the primary secondary, where one partner's career takes priorities and the primary spends more time working with uh, their job, the, the, the actual job part of it, than working with anything else or spending time with a family or doing any of that. And the secondary kind of takes a back seat to that. Then the second model was turn-taking where the partners swap the primary, secondary functions from time to time. And the third was double primary. And this is the one that I thought was really pertinent in uh, a couple who works together that are, you know, they're working with each other. The two partners each have primary careers. In this case, you would have the career of co-owning the business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's um, the most successful model, according to the article that I saw in Harvard Business Review. Now, we have parts of these models, but with a little bit more flexibility, I think. Uh, our roles tend to shift, and sometimes that's within a project. They can right, shift right. minute by minute sometimes, and you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, the, uh, that does happen where you kind of, you, you are more fluid. And it's kind of, it's fun when it happens, mm-hmm. but you look back on it, you kind of think, wow, I never did that when I was working for somebody else. Yeah. As I was Googling this topic, one of the top hits was, is it legal for husband and wife to work together? Is it legal? Is it legal? <laughs> how is it? How is that a question? I, I don't know. I guess it's something that people commonly ask. And I think they, maybe it's... it's <laughs> wait, like, wait, what, kind of, what website were you on? Were you on the dark web? And was this some kind of like, what kind of, you know, business? Is it, you know... Well... Was it something that a legal business that is kind of weird it don't ever like when you look at google things and the first thing that comes out it just always cracks me up sometimes like what what are people asking but um maybe it's for tax purposes people ask i, I don't did know. sort of go down that rabbit hole for a minute and it was mainly talking about in that sense is it company policy that oh, husband oh, and wife oh, oh i see what you're talking about but, but it you says, your is own- it legal that was the first thing that came up and i thought wow we're about to be busted <laughs> Hey, you know, I'll wait for you on the outside. We visited recently with Charlie Simpson, a licensed marriage family therapist and a licensed professional counselor who specializes in relationship dynamics in a group marriage or family setting about conflict resolution. And here's what Charlie had to say. 
One of the things that we definitely wanted to talk about was how can you work, own a business together, Mm -hmm. and treat each other like colleagues, but not like forget that you are in a relationship like how, how do you find that balance man, how difficult is that yeah <laughs> you know you do see your partner a lot differently you, mm-hmm. you see that person as someone that's supposed to be there to have your back and, and have these your own personal expectations and when those expectations go unfulfilled in the business setting it becomes the perspective of of how I see my partner even when we're at home yeah. so you know once uh, a home situation is triggered it just kind of connects that business let down to the home let down. The next thing you know, a couple is going to argue about the surface issue. They're not going to be able to go deeper to the deeper component of what was triggered. So they'll go back and forth until the point where they just kind of push it to the side and then sweep it under the rug. Now, when this happens, do you think that there's uh, something about it that impacts the service of their business or the function of their business too? Yeah, just like what Jody was saying, employees feel it. <laughs> employees notice when something is happening at home and they come into work and there's a, a disconnect. And, you know, when the disconnect happened, depending on the personality of, of, of that business owner, it's going to be the fight or flight mode, even when they're in the um, company working. And the employees are going to notice, oh, you get ready because it sounds like something happened and we need to go ahead and bag off so that we don't trigger anything. And for your employees, that's like, you know, if they come to me, I'm going to protect myself. Those are going to be your combative, you know, situations that you'll happen. But employees feel it just like kids feel it. You know, kids can articulate it as well, but they know that <laughs> mom and dad, I remember just when I said, dude, my wife and I had this conversation on the way back from church and the kids were in the back quiet as a mouth. And it's like, y'all are never this quiet, but they're just listening to the energy. And that's the same dynamic that happens with employees as well. So, so the staff picks up on it too. Yeah, yeah. they'll pick up on it, and they're going to whatever personality they have, fight or flight. They're going to do what they need to do to make sure that it's not triggered. Arguing is not in and of itself wrong, or disagreeing right. is not wrong. It's sort of the way you do it. What techniques do you do so you don't make it personal or don't or make it more productive? All right. First and foremost, anger is really just a sign that there's something that's happening with me that I want you to know. And anger is my safest way right now where we are in our relationship to get your attention. Now, this is when it becomes difficult for the partner, because when the partner sees anger, The first thing they are going to do is go into protective or defensive mode and begin to protect themselves. And I use the analogy of just putting the boxing gloves on. If I see my partner's anger, my boxing gloves, they they go on and I get ready to go to a place where I'm going to protect myself. Now, if your partner can take their gloves off long enough to stay in your partner's anger, what you'll notice is your partner is going to drop into a different emotion. They're going to go into a place of just being able to say, what happened at work today was embarrassing to me. And if your partner can just hang in there long enough, they'll be able to see 
that it my behavior was much deeper than what happened at work today. And instead of me taking the anger personally, I'm able to lower my guards, keep the gloves off and show up for my partner and just say, I, I, I apologize for embarrassing you. I, I sort of look at it as feedback then. Exactly. To really both parties, if if you're angry, take a step moment and say, okay, what am I really feeling? Wow. What is this? And for the other partner, what's this really about? Wow. That's a gift in itself to where you can have that insight to be able to say, okay, I, I feel this anger. I know that there is something underneath this anger. And if I can try to tap into that, I can turn to my partner. I can share a different message. Do you think that it's at all possible to keep those tensions? And if there's some sort of a dynamic that's not working between the couple in the business from filtering into the house? It is hard to be able to just stop those because we're constantly working with each other, not only just at, at in the workplace, but we go home, work with each other, and we're just going back and forth. So it makes it extremely difficult to just stop those triggers. Instead, what we have to be able to do is learn how to communicate through when those moments are triggered. As opposed to, like, um, as it happens, as opposed to keeping that list you were talking about. Right. We have different approaches to organization or to prioritizing jobs, but we know that. Mm -hmm. So it is interesting that you say, be aware of it Mm -hmm. and then communicate. When people are looking at starting a business, it... Maybe it's not both of their passions. Right. You gotta so like so that's maybe a factor that may make it more difficult or where it won't work. What right. are some other things that like you think, hey, maybe these are red flags that it might not be you might have a great relationship, but right. this might not be the best a work relationship might not be the best. You know, there's there are just a lot of different factors, a lot of different personality differences, a lot of different dreams, values. And whatever those differences are, whether it's a I want a a million dollar company and my partner wants a 10 million dollar company, we have to be able to do exactly what you just said. And that is sit down. We have to communicate, you know, expectations, desires, dreams, values. We must have those conversations because if we don't. And our expectation goes unfulfilled is going to be a hit personally. Something that couples in business need to think about is not only, you know, you work on your business operations, right. but maybe you need to work on your emotional operations. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way, working on your emotional operations. And that's not only going to strengthen just the relationship that you have with your partner at work, but it's going to strengthen the relationship that you have with your partner at home as well. Welcome to the Couples Inc. water cooler. And here's the water cooler so that you know we're next to the Couples Inc. water cooler. It's it's almost like I'm there. Should be. Because yeah. I am here. But I'm okay. there. Are you drinking water? You are drinking water. I am. Water. I forgot my water. <gasps> okay. Meta. We'll play like, I mean, <clears throat> we're by the water cooler. We're and by the water we, cooler. The official. You've, yeah. Water it's cooler. got our logo and everything. And you've got your water, but I have yet to get mine. And you so, walk in and, or I walk in. No, I'm already start, here. Yes. Yeah. 
and okay, start okay. talking about what's my motivation? The water. Ah, yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So actually, what we're doing, yeah, the water cooler is just going to be our little um, moment to talk about, you know, what we're digging, what's going on, what's mm-hmm. happening, what we're liking. Mm-hmm. So. Um, you want me to start? Yeah, I wish you would. All right, here's something that I am really excited about, and that's discovering the book community. I know that seems weird, but it's I, I've always, always loved reading throughout my life. Mm. And during the pandemic, I really re- re-engaged with books as an escape. But I also found so many resources online, BookTube, which is basically just YouTube channels focusing on book discussions, yeah. bookstagram, um, podcasts that are about books. Is there it, one for like an equivalent for Facebook called Book Book? There is not, but that's a missed opportunity right there. Okay. Book Book. I'll get to work on that. Yes, yeah, started. A million dollar idea. There might be, I don't know, Book Book. But it's it's just kind of cool because it allows you to maybe find other people who like reading some of the same things you enjoy reading. And they may, it's like book club. Only, you know, it's the engagement is a little less organic, like as if you're in someone's living room. You have posts that you can do and things like that. Or I've discovered so many um, new authors and new series that I like. Yeah. It just, it's been very cool to, there's like a whole culture around it. And there's like, and there's book halls. There, there are readathons. Now, these are not the readathons that you and I remember from like where you read some books and you win a free personal pan pizza, like in grade school. Or in my case, it was like you get a free stuffed animal that was about the size of your little finger. Ah, that didn't sound very fun. Well, they hadn't invented pizza. So. Ah, you were very young Sorry. at the time. You did pizza. But, it's, but they do have readathons and reading sprints that you just get together and people like via Zoom read together. It's just been very cool because... I have always thought it's been very important to, to read, to learn about other people, other cultures, to, to other, you know, just to escape and to enjoy yourself. And I just, I think very, um, I think, I think it's very important to have that community and that sense of community. And in a time where it's hard to connect with people, knowing that we can make social media good, you know, again, and make it, make it social again is very interesting. I know you're a voracious reader. I think you go through like a book every other minute. And so <laughs> I, I've seen, I think some of the things that are on your computer, I'll go into your office and you'd be watching this in your off hours, of course, because you're hyper productive during yes. the on hours, the business Most hours. Definitely. So that's, it brings to mind a question. What do you think has spawned all of this? Do you think that it's kind of a merging of social media and YouTube and books and people who like them and all that sort of thing? Or I think it's I think people are realizing that they can be content creators. Anyone can be a content creator. And once you discover that there are other people, because you think, how in the world? I mean, yeah, makeup tutorials, I can get. That could be a YouTube thing. You know, home improvement or decor. Yeah, reading how can that be a thing and when you find out that it is and there are other people who share that it's kind of it's kind of cool and exciting and inspires you to you know add your voice to it and it allows you to share ideas with other people I mean there are books I've read that I'm just like so excited and I want to tell people you need to pick this book up yeah and this allows you to do that it turns you into a book evangelist exactly got it yet another book thing yeah so what about you um, well, lately, and this really isn't recent, but lately I've really been drilling down on uh, Discogs, which 
as you know, I have quite a few albums, record albums, and some singles and some CDs and everything. Well, Discogs is a place where collectors like us Luddites and the people who don't like uh, progress or stuck in the 20th century like to go and catalog online everything that we've got. And it's very extensive. Let's say that you've got a copy of Sticky Fingers by the Rolling Stones, one of the original pressings from 1971. And that album, if you know about it, it's got a zipper, an actual zipper on the front cover. Wait, so like one that zips or just really a picture? It really functions. Ah, yeah. I did well, not know that. Well, now the first issues do. The later issues, they just put a picture there. But as you can imagine, it kind of caused logistics issues with the zippers rubbing <laughs> yeah. against each other and making the zipping sound. The people that shipped those albums hated the Rolling Stones, I guess. They mm. said, get it out, make it zippy. Zippy. Yeah. So you're looking for that. And, you know, there are all kinds of different variables that go into that particular issue. So it's just, it's kind of a Is good it way. Like social? Do you get to connect with other people who... You can. There are discussion groups and all that sort of thing. But I'm right now, I'm kind of on the entry stages. I haven't even cracked the first, I guess, hundred albums that I have. And it's it's time consuming, but it can be a lot of fun. And there's an added bonus if you have any rare albums that are worth any money, which I do not, you can have them cataloged off-site. This is a cloud-based thing. Oh, so yeah. that, you know, if something happens, you have a fire in your house or something or a flood or, you know, a record thieves strike, you can go to the Discogs and figure out what you had and try to replace it. Or at least get, the, you know, an estimate on how much a replacement would cost. So basically, our, both of us, our water cooler topics have been... Our hobbies, techno, technologically fied, technified, technified, technified. Our hobbies technified. Yeah, and that's kind of cool. Thanks for listening to Couples Inc., a place where we help couples work better together. We drop new episodes the first and third Wednesday of each month, but to make sure you don't miss a show, follow us wherever fine podcasts are published. And if you enjoyed this episode and you want to support the podcast, share it with others, post it on social media, or leave a rating or review. And please visit our website, couplesincpodcast.com. That's couplesincpodcast.com. To learn more about us, review show notes, or leave us a message. Until next time.